not many people can say they've shown up every week for 10 years. Yes. Some people may have bigger followings or have more celebrity access or more money or whatever, but have they done this one thing for 10 consistent years? I'm proud of myself for just constantly showing up. Welcome to On Your Terms with Aaron King, a show about living a life you truly love. Here's Aaron. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of On Your Terms. I'm Erin King, and today I am so honored and excited to have with me New York Times bestselling author, podcaster, prolific podcaster, contenter, media empire guru, and most importantly, cat dad and <laughs> semi-pro salsa dancer. Yes. Guys, welcome, Lewis House, to the show. Welcome <laughs> to the show, you. Lewis. Appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Well, let's talk about the most important thing. I mean, you've recorded over... 1,200 episodes Mm -hmm. of your podcast. You've learned so much. But what I want to know is the salsa dancing. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the salsa. Is this how you landed your girlfriend? (laughs) Where did this come from? It's not how I landed her, but I think it's (laughs) it's something that impressed her to another level to see, you know, an American salsa dancing. But I got into salsa, I think, 17 years ago, 2003, 4, kind of that time frame. I was living in a small little apartment in Columbus, Ohio, above a jazz club. Okay. And this club would play jazz music every week downstairs, be a big band. But then once a week, they'd have a salsa band play. So I would go down and listen to the salsa music. And I was like, what is this? This is fascinating. And after months of going down there, I eventually was like, I got to start learning this. But I was so terrified to make a fool of myself, but eventually I convinced myself to try it and then I fell in love and I went all in on it and it's been a game changer. Oh my gosh. Well, your hips don't lie, but you are (laughs) crushing it. Yeah, it's fun. Crushing it. So good. So this podcast is all about figuring out who we want to be on the other side of the last few years. So we're talking a lot about redefining what success looks like Mm -hmm. on our terms. There are so many interesting iterations of your career, so many identities from being an athlete, moving into the social media space. You were an early days pioneer Mm -hmm. to the webinar course, communities, uh, building uh, vertical. And then from there with this podcast, which is now parlaying into greatness.com, which is a very exciting global mission Mm -hmm. media company. I mean, you've had so many different iterations of, of your career. My question is, was there a certain decision that you made, something you left behind, something that you embraced that you think was a really super big catalyst besides the podcast that really enabled you to be a great icon of living life on your terms? Mm. One thing that that wanted me to do this, I think think it was all my challenges growing up that made me curious about people. Mm -hmm. I struggled in school. So I was always in the bottom of my class and I didn't have a lot of friends from about eight to 12. My brother was in prison for those years. And so I wasn't really allowed to have friends. Mm. I was also struggling in school. So I was in the bottom of my class Mm. and that gave me time to observe people. I didn't feel like I fit in. I didn't feel like I connected well with people. And I didn't feel like I was smart enough or talented enough in sports at that time to have like a group of friends Mm -hmm. to be accepted. And I think being curious about people, observing them from a distance, asking them questions, made me really interested in kind of where I'm at now. Made me interested in in having a show, interviewing people now. It's just the observance 
of other people. So I think that was kind of, it's more of a collection of things, not one moment that made me feel like, how can I fully love and accept myself where I'm at in my life? And how can I help other people fully love and accept themselves? So I always wish I had these skills growing up. You know, the School of Greatness started because I felt like I was struggling in my life. And I was like, I wish they taught me about how to deal with failure. I wish they taught me how to deal with managing finances and investing and and money and dealing with these like emotions and relationships. I just wish they taught me how to deal with conflict better than just, you know, wanting to play football and smash my head against someone else's, (laughs) right? And so it was the observance of myself and other people kind of all through life that that made me curious about what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. I saw a video a couple from a couple of years ago. I don't know if this is still true or not. Because most of your content, I've been following you on Instagram for a couple of years. I deep stalked you, obviously, for this interview <laughs> on, on YouTube. And, and everything that you put out, pretty much, I'm just retweeting, nodding my head off. There was one piece of content that you put out that I was like, tell me more. Help me understand. In the video, you said that at a certain point in your life, you thought you would rather live an extraordinary life and have not a lot of friends Mm -hmm. uh, rather than live an ordinary one and be surrounded with tons and tons of friends. And it struck me because I'm going through a similar Mm. situation of like the leveling up and reevaluating your circle. And it does feel a little bit like it is a binary moment Mm. that does tend to present itself. So tell me more about that. Does it have to be that way? (laughs) Well, I just feel like there's only so much time in a day. And as someone like yourself who was building a social media agency for over a decade, it seems like, you were friends with everyone. And you only have so much time in a day to go deep with people. So you can be surface friends with lots of people and have surface experiences. Maybe they're fun, but are they really going deep? Or you can have some core individuals who fully accept you, who see you, who celebrate you and support you just as much as you celebrate and support them and help each other rise. Mm-hmm. Where your values, your vision are in alignment. Maybe you don't have to be doing the same things, but you vibe with the other person, you wanna see them successful, you celebrate them, and they also wanna do the same for you. Mm-hmm. So when, you know, I really evaluated a lot of things in the last two, three years, and I think you learn about people in your life when you go through the adversities and when you go through big successes. You learn about who's showing up for you. Are they? happy for you when you celebrate or are they jealous and envious when you're going through adversity in your life are they supportive and there for you and have your back or do they turn their back against you and judge you and talk negative about you to everyone else Mm -hmm. and i feel like i've had these different moments in the last three to five years of some big successes and some challenges right in personal life and and i think the pandemic also i realized like okay who do i really want to make sure i'm investing my time in And who do I feel like is truly invested in my success, my health, and my values? Mm -hmm. And so I just try to evaluate and really get out deeper with those relationships. It doesn't mean I like kick everyone out of my life. Yeah. And the circumstances of people aren't living in the same city, but it's just like, okay, who do I want to spend time with? And and 10, 15 years ago, I used to say yes to everyone. Mm. And now it's just I just say yes to a a fewer amount of people to spend quality time with. Mm Mm-hmm. Your ability to be super intentional around not just your business and your vibe, but you have this incredible energetic management Mm -hmm. prowess Mm -hmm. that I see. A lot of times it seems like throughout your career, 
you are like allergic to trend tracking, trend mm. following. Like if everyone's leaning hard into it, you're pulling back mm-hmm. and swimming the other direction. Like mm-hmm. whether it was uh, with everyone stopping events and you're like, we're doing events, yeah, yeah. right? Or with your podcast and everyone's doing audio, you're like, let's double down on yeah, video. Yeah. Or, you know, even with this new greatness.com, mm-hmm. I mean, how many media sites are out there? And yeah. yet it looks to be hyper-focused on design thinking, yes. this beautiful aesthetic. Everything's custom, yeah. Yeah, so same thing, you- same thing in like personal branding and yeah. social media world. Everyone had headshots from five, 10 years ago. And I was like, no, I'm gonna do something extraordinary. It's why Nick Honkin has been doing photography for me for years, who's here doing the cover shoot for Success mm-hmm. Magazine. And I was like, we gotta level up. What's the, and I was talking with him last night. I was like, what's the thing that's the maximum we could do to really create something unique, a unique experience, piece of art for my brand that has a message to inspire other people. Not to the minimum, but what's the maximum? Mm. And that takes time, energy, money, thought, team to develop an experience for a website, uh, a photo shoot, you know, creating mm-hmm. a video production team. Doing things differently has been what I've been most excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sally Hogshead says that different is better than better. better. And I, and I heard that like eight or nine years ago from her. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm never going to be better than anyone in my industry at a lot of things. I'm never going to be a better host than someone out there. I'm never going to be a better interviewer, content creator, uh, speaker on stage. I've seen so many amazing speakers that are way better than me. You know, I'm never going to be the most in shape or the fit or any of these things. I'm never going to be better than someone else or someone is always going to be better, but I can be unique and I can be different and stand mm-hmm. out and create an experience that is, that makes me proud, mm-hmm. right? That has a purpose that has some intention behind it. That's different. Mm-hmm. And I can be proud of that process, you know, uh, of creating it, of developing it. And so for me, that's what I always like to do. It's funny because Nick was talking to me last night. He's like, you have no idea how many people I meet who talk about this one photo shoot that we did together. Okay. This photo shoot we did in in, uh, in Turkey together. He was like, all the time people come up to me and say like, oh man, that photo shoot was incredible. You did that photo shoot with Lewis? And it's like people will remember mm-hmm. something when you put a lot of attention to detail into it and mm-hmm. thought process. So I try to do that with my podcast. I try to do that with my books. Summit of Greatness, the same thing. I was like, I go to all these events as a speaker or attendee And everyone's in like a normal ballroom or conference room. Like, let's go. What's the maximum we can do? Let's Mm -hmm. find this beautiful venue. Let's create an experience. Let's really go above the top and create a feeling for someone that they'll remember forever. Someone just posted yesterday on their Instagram that they got married and they met each other at the event. Oh, my gosh. It's like, how can you create experiences like that? Not just like, okay, we're just doing another event. You know, rinse and repeat like everyone else. Mm -hmm. So I like to be different knowing that it's not always going to hit the mark. You know, maybe we, well, that, that didn't work. We tried this. We spent a lot of time and money. Oh, that didn't work. Well, that was, ugh. okay, it was a good lesson. Mm-hmm. That was a six-month lesson of time and energy and effort. Mm-hmm. But at least I feel good about trying stuff that's unique. Okay, pause there, because that was my question. Because it's so sexy to be different and be mm-hmm. unique and go your own way. And you said, you know, it takes the time, the money, the energy, yeah. the resources but at the, at the end of the day, it takes like major grit and audacity mm, yeah. because fear of what you just said, that fear of failure. So for you, I mean, how do you evaluate 
like you're obviously intuition's individual, right? Mm-hmm. So you're obviously super plugged in to that North star where you're listening to this just feels right. This feels different. But what if we have sort of this, this major fear around stutter stepping because it is expensive and it is exhausting. I mean, my first two companies were disasters. My first company, I got $70,000 with a credit yeah. card debt. Second company, I pitched a room full of dudes for a tampon delivery service called PMS.com. We were featured in Forbes and 18 months later, the whole thing went broke. Mm-hmm. So for my third venture, I was stutter stepping hard because I was like, I know that this is different than what everyone else is doing, but I'm so afraid of getting back down to that place of on a couch, not yeah. able to afford things. Yeah. So how do you like, how do you hone in on that and trust yourself when it is so damn scary? I think I just try to see the future. You know, okay. I really try to make decisions based on a, a future vision, not based on a past fear or pain. Mm. And so, you know, and also through sports, I learned that failure was feedback. It's not like the end thing. Mm-hmm. It's not like you fail and you're a failure. This is just information that's helping you to realize you're not where you want to be yet. So what do I need to learn to optimize so I don't fail the next time? Yeah. And I think I'm, you know, I try to make decisions based on the future, not based on like, I need the result now, but is this decision, is this action I'm going to take going to help me many, many years away? Am I going to look back and see it was powerful even if it doesn't work out in this moment. Mm. So I'm making decisions more on a, on a longer-term vision than short-term, like, I need the results now. Mm-hmm. Which has paid off. Yeah. 10 years. Congratulations, by the way, with Thank your you. show, 1,200-plus episodes. I mean, that that story is incredible. I mean, you didn't make money for, like, five years yeah, doing it, right? Time. And time. I mean, so you really stuck with it and allowed it to mm-hmm. have that time to mature and grow. And I think a lot of people today want to launch a show or YouTube or whatever. They want to get into something to start making money quickly. Mm-hmm. And they always ask me, like, should I do a podcast? And I'm like, don't do it unless you're going to do it weekly for at least two years, mm-hmm. knowing you may not make any money. Mm-hmm. And if you're still excited about it, then okay, maybe it's not the right thing to do. But I think a lot of people start something thinking they're to get a big following or results quickly or make money from it. And they realize this is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And it's a full-time thing to make anything great. Totally. It's not a part-time thing to make something the best in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to be willing to go all in on it with your time, your energy, or with a team. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can't use all your time, you need a team's time to go all in on anything, a business, a podcast, a channel, whatever mm-hmm. it may be, it takes energy. Totally. And you gotta be willing to be flexible and change things. We've adjusted so many things over the years. And so for me, consistency has been the key. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I'm not the best or the smartest or the most interesting or the most connected, but I'm very, very- I disagree. I'm very consistent though. And not many people can say they've shown up every week for 10 years. Yes. Some people may have bigger followings or have more celebrity access or more money or whatever, but have they done this one thing for 10 consistent years? And I'm really, I'm proud of myself for just constantly showing up. Yeah. And there's not like this end result. I'm not like, well, what's the end? I'm like, there is no end. I'm a constant life learner. Mm-hmm. So maybe one day this season of life will say, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. But for the time being, I'm still evolving and learning and developing and able to help and inspire people. And I feel like that's a beautiful mission. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I think the consistency is 
unbelievable. I mean, to show up for 10 years, despite not knowing what it was going to become, what it was going to evolve into. I would argue there's something else too. I believe that another piece of your incredible success is the why behind Mm -hmm. you doing it. Yeah. Because like you said, people want to start a show because they want to make money. You wanted to start a show because you wanted to solve a problem that you had, yeah. just like Uber, just like, you know, insert problem here. Every great company was a founder trying to solve yeah. a problem they had. You mm-hmm. couldn't find what you wished you'd learn in school. Yes. And so even the fact that you didn't name it like the Lewis House show, right? Mm-hmm. Which, thank God, this isn't called the Aaron King show because that's something you've talked about before yeah. where you're like, this needs to be bigger than me, you know? Yeah, so I, never, I never wanted it to be about me. Yeah. You know, I was telling a friend of mine a couple of days ago, I had this... Uh, I had rubbed something in my eyes and my eyes got really red. So I had to cancel a full day of video shoot. I've never seen my eyes this red, like infected with something. I don't know. And then it got better a few hours later, but it's still a little red, right? It's still a little bit of redness. And so I talked to a doctor friend. I go, "Uh, I don't even know what to do. I've never like had eye problems or anything, but I've got this photo, this cover shoot for this magazine. Like, what do I take? (laughs) And she was like, oh, here's some like eye drops and here's a prescription. If it gets worse, it's getting better. And she said, oh, by the way, congrats on the magazine cover. That's amazing you're doing this. And I go, thank you. But, it, you know, if I start focusing on me and not the mission, that's when things will fall apart. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there is a personal brand to a human being. And, yes, someone has to speak and communicate. And, yes, there's opportunities for these cool things like magazine covers or whatever it might be, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's all fun things. But if I get too in my head about it and thinking it's about me, then the mission loses itself. Mm-hmm. So it's constantly going back to the mission. The mission is to serve. The mission is this. I'm the, the facilitator of the mission. Mm-hmm. But it's not about me. It's about the mission. And I think that has supported me in just keeping a level calmness about everything. Mm-hmm. You know, when there might be a failure that happens, I'm pretty calm about it. When there is a big success or an opportunity that you know people would love to have and it's for me individually i'm like okay yeah this is great and how can we double down on service Mm. i think that has helped me stay consistent as opposed to get too emotional up and down Mm -hmm. well it's interesting because that really does come through in your content and even your team here matt and everyone met outside like you guys were college athletes you're building this multi-million dollar media company but the vibe is you walk that talk Mm -hmm. like when the cameras weren't on, this is exactly how you work. Like, right. so I think for, you know, for the creators that are listening, we have a lot of creators in our community that really aspire to be like that, uh, what you've built. So how do you think people can do a better job of of either making sure they're focusing on the right mission or mm. if they've lost their way, how do they recalibrate? Mm. There's a series of questions or exercises they could go through. One of them is a simple, you know, one through five or one through 10 scale of asking yourself, you know, on a scale of one to five, are the efforts I'm doing bringing me the most joy, Mm. right? So the things I do every single day, is it a five on a level of joy? Like I feel fulfilled. I feel joyful about this experience, this business, this product, this service that I have. Or is it more like on a two or three on a scale of one to five of joy? Like is it, if it's a one, it sucks the life out of me. So ask yourself, like, is the activities I'm doing on a consistent basis? doesn't mean like everything is going to be perfect every day long and you're not going to do some things maybe you don't enjoy. But for the most part, is this bringing me a lot of joy? And if it's not, 
then what are you doing it for? Mm. You know, or what can you do to start working towards discovering what a more meaningful mission could be for you? Mm-hmm. And listen, I was telling Nick this earlier. We were we were driving up here to this house, and there was a big truck blocking us. And I was like, I used to drive one of these trucks. This big kind of like massive U-Haul truck. He was like, what? I go, yeah, for six hours a day, I would drive back and forth from Columbus, Ohio to Cincinnati. Auto parts? Back. Yes. I heard about that. Napa okay. Auto Parts. And, uh, and I was like, for, for I think it was only like three or four months. And I remember thinking after the first week, I got a $250 check of doing six hours a day of driving a truck. Uh-huh. And it was 250 bucks a week is what I got. I was like, this isn't what I want long term. But this is where I'm at now. It's providing resources to help provide for my lifestyle right now. 250 bucks isn't that much, but it was something right now. So I started to dream and think about what's the thing I could do next? Mm-hmm. What's the next season? How can I make this the most enjoyable? So this is the same time I started putting in when they had CDs. I had uh, the greatest salsa hits and I would listen to salsa music for six hours a day. Mm-hmm. I was living above this jazz club. So I was practicing salsa dancing in my mind kind of going crazy six hours a day back and forth, (laughs) but I needed something to do with my time. Mm -hmm. So I was visualizing myself dancing, listening to music, trying to move while I'm driving this truck. And it's like, okay, I'm not where I want to be. How do I make the most out of where I am Mm -hmm. and start visualizing and dreaming about what I want next. Mm -hmm. And it's just trying to work closer towards how do I get on the scale of five of joy on that one to five scale for the activities that I'm doing on a consistent basis. And it doesn't mean that I'm still days where I might be a little more tired or like I got to do some activities that I don't enjoy. But for the most part, I love everything I do. Mm. And I keep, and I'm like, okay, this doesn't make me feel, it's not the best use of my time. What can I do to eliminate this? How can I give this to someone on my team? Mm -hmm. And so it's like constantly evolving it too. And evaluating it. You're not rocking on autopilot. No, You're taking stock, you're making decisions, you're tweaking. You're a sports person, so you understand the seasons, uh, you know, sports seasons. There's like, You've got the main season, and then you're getting ready for the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. And then after the playoffs is the postseason, and that's when you evaluate. Do I want to play this sport next year? What do I want to do with my time? Am I done playing this sport? Do I have bigger goals for next year? And then you get the pre you have the off season, and then you have the preseason to get up to the season again. So it's like I look at the business and cycles as well. At the end of every year, we've got a big event, you know, Summit of Greatness. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do it consistently every week, our show. You know, we're building different programs and products and we're evaluating what do we want to do for the next year at the end of the year as well and mm-hmm. kind of the off season. So I just kind of look at that in life, business and everything. It's so good. I mean, you have these systems in place. Um, one of my girlfriends, Neen James, is a great speaker and she always says that systems create freedom. So it's like, even though you have this incredible creativity and this mm-hmm. incredible, dynamic, vibrant, I have to create, I want to see what's next. You also, you're pretty regimented. I mean, if you have this weekly cadence that you've stuck to. Yeah, we've got structure, systems. I'm, I'm in agreement. You got to have systems and structure in order to fly, in order mm-hmm. to create, be creative. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So you've done over 1,200 podcast episodes, yeah. 10 years, School of Greatness. And I read somewhere that of all the lessons you've learned, which I just can't even imagine, just how incredible that must, that just to shape you and how yeah. you see the world. And you said one of the things that really stuck with you from all your episodes was uh, the lesson of acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. The art of acknowledgement Tell is Tell us more lost. about that. It's interesting, I'll do, you know, I'll interview all these different people from all walks of life, the most successful people. 
And at the end of every episode, I acknowledge them for what I've experienced in them for that hour or two hours. And it's just interesting to see people's responses and reactions. Some people getting watery-eyed or crying. Some people getting shy or insecure. Some people lighting up and opening up and really appreciating it. And I think the thing we want the most is to be seen, Mm. to be accepted, and to be acknowledged for who we are, our efforts, our talents, our hard work, our kindness, our generosity, you know, who we are in the world. And a lot of people do things to be seen and acknowledged, right? And I just want to continue to be the example to do my best. I'm not perfect. To show appreciation and acknowledgement to people when I can. Mm-hmm. And again, everyone can always be better at this. Mm-hmm. But I do this on my episodes and I think it's really powerful because you see people are just so grateful to be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. And I think what you appreciate in life tends to appreciate in value. So if you appreciate your friends, they're going to become a greater friend to you. Mm-hmm. They're going to become more kind and caring and thoughtful and considerate. If you appreciate your partner, your you know, your spouse, they're going to be grateful and mm-hmm. say, what can I do to give you more love yeah. and connection and intimacy and gratitude? And it's free. You know, it doesn't take a lot. It takes courage mm-hmm. to acknowledge someone. It takes not thinking about yourself. And it takes thinking about other people and really observing other people and how they show up in the world. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us are very focused on how we look, you know, what we're not, what we don't have, what we need more of, mm-hmm. what we're struggling with, as opposed to looking at what other people need, what other people are going through. And I just think it's a beautiful shift in people's lives when you start to acknowledge those around you mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be every moment you're with someone, but it's like genuine moments. Mm-hmm. How do you stay focused on that because I feel like everything you just said, I'm like, yes. And I know there are moments where you you just feel like you're off or you're clashing with people. And it's usually because exactly what you're saying, you're focusing too much on Mm -hmm. the classic human survival. What's in it for me, my cave, my, you know, whatever. So for you, like, is it your faith? Is it like, do you have a truth teller that just always, is it your mom? Does she like shoot Mm -hmm. you straight? Like when you kind of go off course, how do you ground back into that? Because that is your superpower. Yeah, I think I've got a uh, pretty good awareness about, you know, I think, I, you know, I pay for therapy a year in advance. So I do it every two weeks. It's scheduled. So I have a safe environment to communicate all my range of emotions mm-hmm. and to process and to continue my healing journey. That keeps me grounded. Mm-hmm. I have an incredible girlfriend who is kind and considerate and loving and vulnerable and that keeps me grounded. I've got, you know, my best friend from college football on my team every day. I've got a great team of people who have good values. So I try to surround myself with people that have solid values that will communicate to me and say what I'm doing good and what I can improve on. So, you know, Matt gives me feedback. He's like, hey, man, you're being kind of a jerk this week. Like, what do we need to do? Just being real with you. Yeah. He's like, man, I really appreciate the way you're showing up and for this team. It's just having that open line of communication to, and and I'm also wanting to improve. I'm wanting to take full responsibility for my life and accountability. I'm wanting to learn. I'm wanting to learn from other people and I don't think I have all the answers. So it's, I'm still in the process of learning by interviewing people saying, oh, that's a good thing. Let me try this this week. Mm -hmm. Matt said the same thing before this, this interview. I just hired my best friend 
of 25 years as my chief of staff. Wow. And he, I'm like, dude, tell me all the secrets. And he said the same exact thing. Maybe you guys synced up before this, but he said feedback yeah. and being open to that and wanting mm-hmm. to grow, wanting to get better and not being complacent. That growth exactly. mindset is, it seems like it's at the core of your culture. Yeah, I think finding people, you know, when I, when I met my girlfriend and we were dating for a few months, not like in a committed relationship yet, but hanging out a lot, I said, listen, if we get committed, I've always wanted to do therapy in the beginning of a relationship with a partner. Mm. And no one's ever wanted to do that in the past. So I said, the only way I'd commit is if you're willing to commit to therapy now. And she was like, I'm definitely down. So it's just having someone who's open to that. Mm -hmm. And we do it every six weeks. And it's incredible because we get to communicate and build a foundation based on values and communication as opposed to not sharing these things. So Mm -hmm. I think it's finding the people in your life that are willing to communicate with you and, and hold your truth. You know, mm-hmm. I told her early on, I go, there's a lot of stuff in my past I'm not proud of, and I've you know, made a lot of mistakes, and I'm not the perfect person. You know, I've got a lot of, play, a lot of room to grow in my life. Yeah. And most people get, you know, triggered when they hear stories from my past, from childhood or whatever, right? So are you open to hearing my truth? Because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be honest with you if you can't receive it, because mm-hmm. most people can't. She said, 100%, I'll hear anything you wanna say. I said, okay, you sure? And she said, yeah. So I started sharing with her more and more. And she was like, man, I'm really proud of you. It's amazing, you know? Mm. So it's finding people who are in alignment with your truth and not like mm. you're a bad person. Yeah. That's so special. And it kind of goes back to what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. She's allowing you to be seen. Absolutely. And you create space and trust and you can do a lot when you feel trust with someone. So Totally. I mean, I will tell you, you know, my husband and I have been married for five years and he's the only guy I ever dated where I felt like the more I revealed my true self, mm-hmm. he was like, that's cool. That's, that's cool. And I was like, really? Yeah, you know, like, great. are you sure I'm not a bit smaller and dim my yeah, light yeah. or not intimidate you or, you know, so I think that's really special and really beautiful. Yeah. And I'm so happy that you're in love. Speaking of being seen, you're very open on social media with mm-hmm. your show with this vulnerable interview. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you. What don't we see about Lewis Howes? What do people get wrong about you sometimes that we don't know about you? Like, is there anything about you that we would be like, oh, wow, I didn't know that was something that was important or that he struggled with? I don't know if people get it wrong about me. I think think I'm just constantly trying to remind people that maybe don't fully listen to the show or don't you know, hear what I'm talking about a lot. I think I'm, I'm thinking I'm just always having to remind people that I think when you see someone, you're judging based on what you see, right? Mm-hmm. You see someone and you automatically have an assumption. So I'm always having to break an assumption that I'm not just like some, you know, jock or something, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's constantly having to remind people that of what I care about, what's meaningful to me and breaking just the barrier of like the way I look or my background or things like that versus like what's really meaningful. Mm-hmm. And I really care about service. I really care about helping people, adding value to people and uh, the mission to impact lives. And so that's what I care about. Whereas, you know, you just got to break judgments all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's not something they don't know. It's more of like a reminder. Constantly. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So good. Well, you talked about when you first started your podcast that uh, Robert Green. Uh-huh was someone that you were really, really like a stretch kind of person that you were so excited to have on your podcast. Uh-huh. And I think you said you helped him sling some books after yes. an exchange or something. Yeah, well, yeah. you are kind of like my Robert Green with this podcast and you have a new book coming out. So count on me for the launch team. Thank you. Next 
spring it's coming out? Coming out, yes, March 7th. March 7th. It's called The Greatness Mindset. It's kind of everything I've learned in the last 10 years from all the most brilliant minds. And it's the book I wish I would have had when I was 16, Mm. when I was like kind of trying to figure out everything in life. So all the skills about healing the past, figuring out where you are now and where you want to be that I wish I had. So the greatness mindset. March 7th. Cannot wait to read it. Yes. Lewis House, you are a joy. You are a light. You've brought so much peace. Thank you. To me today. I appreciate you sharing all your wisdom. You rock. And thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for investing your heart, your mind, of course, your time with me here today. And it is my deepest hope that you have gleaned at least a few new nuggets on how to better live a life that you love on your terms. You can subscribe to see all of my weekly episodes. And if you have time, you can send a screenshot of your review of the podcast to onyourterms at erinking.com and you'll be sent a free access pass to my digital persuasion masterclass where you'll learn how to attract attention, increase your influence and sell smarter from behind the screen. I hope that you'll join me next week for another episode of On Your Terms. And until then, let's connect on Instagram at Mrs.Aaron.King. Till next time, friends.